0: Hello, friends. Michael Yusuf here. Thank you so much for connecting with Leading the Way and listening to this message. The entire team here at Leading the Way is committed to passionately proclaiming the uncompromising truth of God's Word. And it cannot be done without your prayers and your support and your partnership. Learn how God has uniquely positioned leading the way to reach a world that is in desperate need of the gospel when you visit ltw.org. That is ltw.org. Thank you, and may God richly bless you as you seek to serve Him. I know in this 21st century... We do not know nor comprehend what an absolute monarch or absolute authority is all about. Most of us today think of monarchy as we see in Europe. It was known as constitutional monarchy. Very little power. Their power is mostly ceremonial. Their control or influence is mostly on an advisory capacity. Their rule is mostly symbolic. And because of our experience, we often think of King Jesus in the same way. That He is just an advisor. That He is, King Jesus is just there to accommodate to us. That He is there to help us only when we need Him. That He is the one to whom we pray, and we pay homage or maybe not an acquaintance with Him once a week on a Sunday morning in church. But when the Bible speak of the Christ the King, it means that He has absolute power over us. It means that He has absolute control over us. It means that He has absolute authority over every aspect of our lives. It means that He is the only one to whom we fully surrender and crown Him on a daily basis and obey Him. And because of these distinctives of the sovereignty of the Lord Jesus Christ, for a long time He would not allow people during His public ministry to call Him king. For three, almost a third of a year, he would not allow anyone to call him king. In fact, they want to make him king by force, but he refused, and he waited until Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, the very first Palm Sunday, was the first time during his public ministry the Lord Jesus Christ allowed the crowd to call him king for the first time. On that first Palm Sunday, for the first time in his earthly ministry— he was allow them to crown him king of all. Now, the word king, it's really fascinating. There are some words that you find them, the same words in all three Semitic languages. Arabic, Aramaic, and Hebrew. Malik means the one who's able, or the one who can. <laughs> what does that mean to you today when you get up in the morning and go to work? What does that mean to you? It means that King Jesus is able to come and reign and rule in the lives of those who invite Him. It means that King Jesus is able to come and defeat sin and temptation in the lives of those who love Him. It means that King Jesus is able to come and deliver us from the oppression of sin, that King Jesus is able to defend the helpless subjects. King Jesus is able to come and break the chains of bondage, that King Jesus is able to come to the desperate and to the discouraged subjects and give them joy, that King Jesus is able to come to the fearful and the frightened of his subjects and fill them with with faith. It means that He is able to come to the lonely subjects and let them enjoy royal companionship. King Jesus is able to come to the anxious and the worried of His subjects and rule over their circumstances. Can I get an amen? I want to tell you four things about King Jesus. King Jesus was anticipated. Secondly, King Jesus was announced. And thirdly, King Jesus was acclaimed. And finally, King Jesus is above all. Now, if you don't get those four A's, I can't help you. I worked hard on them. (laughs) You see, Jesus did not just appear in a vacuum. He has been anticipated for thousands of years. From Genesis, which is the first book in the Old Testament, for those of you who don't know— all the way to Malachi, which is the last book in the Old Testament. The coming of Jesus has been anticipated hundreds of times in details of His birth and crucifixion, even entering into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. For example, in Genesis 49, the Bible tells us that He's the only king whose scepter will never depart from His hand. In the book of Numbers chapter 24, He's the only king whose eternal domain is unquestioned. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, it tells us that he's the only king whose kingdom is forever. In Psalm 2, the Bible tells us that he's the only king who's anointed king by God the Father himself. In Psalm 144, it tells us that he's the only king to whom all kings shall bow. In Isaiah 2, it tells us that he's the only king whose reign is in complete righteousness. He is the only king whose kingdom has no geographical boundary. And in Jeremiah 23, it tells us that he's the only king who is over all of the universe. And in Ezekiel 21 and 28, it tells us that he's the only king who rules over all kings. And in Daniel chapter 2, it tells us that he's the only king at whose feet all umpires are going to crumble and bow. In Malachi chapter 2, it tells us that he's the only king who has supernatural strength, supernatural power. In Zechariah 14.9, it tells us he's the only king over all the earth. The question is, is he your king? Is he the king of your life? Only you can answer that. Only you can answer that. King Jesus was anticipated. Secondly, He was announced. See, the Old Testament foretold about His coming. The New Testament is enthralled to announce and to talk about Him being here. He's arrived. In the Old Testament, we see a partial portrait of Jesus, King Jesus, but in the New Testament, we see a historic portrait. And that is why Matthew refers to him as king fourteen times. Mark refers to him as king six times. Luke five times. And in John, fourteen times. And the New Testament announced that his supernatural nature, the New Testament announces his universal scope of his reign and rule. The New Testament announces his power— that emanates from himself. The New Testament announced that his victory is over all oppression. And that is why on Palm Sunday King Jesus rode onto Jerusalem, not to conquer it, no, 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 no. But to conquer hearts and wills with the power of his love. Don't ever forget. Don't ever forget. The earthly kings, emperors, dictators, despots, they Lorded over people. But King Jesus compels us with his sacrificial love. When King Jesus was announced during his earthly life, he had nowhere to lay his head. You see, he healed the sick without a fee, he fed the hungry without a charge, he bound the broken hearts by the power of his mercy, he stilled the storm with the word of his mouth. He raised the dead by the authority of His divine office. He merely invites people to come to Him and receive His kingship, receive His salvation, to come to Him and be eternally saved, come to Him and surrender to Him. That's all He does. He never held the sword. He never stuck the sword to somebody's face and said, believe in me or else. He's never, never, never used His power to force people to believe in Him. He never compelled anyone against their will to believe in him. He only invites. He only invites, and that's why he's a free game. They mock him. They mock his name in the movies, on television, and throughout the Western world question, have you accepted his invitation? He only invites. He said, I'm standing on the door and knocking. If anyone opens, I'll come in. Have you accepted his invitation? You can today. You can today. King Jesus was anticipated. King Jesus was announced. King Jesus is acclaimed. Some years ago, my wife and I saw a movie entitled The King's Speech, King George VI. He's the father of current Queen Elizabeth. And that film was showing how he worked so hard so diligently to overcome speech impediment. He really did not want to be a king, but his older brother abdicated, so he was forced into it. And he was going through all this trouble and working hard and working diligently so that he may give the speech of his life. And he did. But beloved, listen to me. When the king of kings gave his first speech on the earth, it was only a few words few words. We thought about Abraham Lincoln' short speech. Listen, the shortest speech king ever delivered was Jesus. It's in Mark chapter 1, verse 14. The kingdom of God is here. Therefore, repent and believe the good news. Isn't that profound? <laughs> you don't have to have a long speech. It's a very short speech. The divine royal king is here. Come to him while you can. The king of all kings is here to rule not over some geographical location, but rule over the hearts of those who surrender to him. The royal king of heaven is here, not on a chariot that pulls with horses, but on a donkey. Why? Ah, because the Bible said he rides the clouds to the help of his people. I remember, that on that very first Sunday, Palm Sunday, on that very first Palm Sunday, the crowd, the masses cried out, Hosanna! Hosanna! Can you say it with me? It means save now. That's what it means. In fact, unbeknown to them, they were proclaiming and fulfilling the prophecy of (laughs) Zechariah. They were acclaiming that which was anticipated for many generations from the time of Adam and Eve. They were saying that the King whose love woos us is here. The King whose sacrifice will redeem us is here. The King whose power will conquer our will is here. The King whose strength will carry us through life's hardships is here. The King whose might will empower us to defeat sin and Satan and death, is here. The King whose gracious invitation to us will allow us to reign and rule with Him over the whole universe for all of eternity. He is here. The question again, is He your King? Is He your King? He can be today if you accept His gracious invitation. He'll never force you. He'll compel you with His love. King Jesus was what? Jesus. King Jesus was? Yes. King Jesus was? Yes. And finally, fourthly, King Jesus is above all. He's above all. In the book of Revelation, it makes it so clear. It makes it so clear that King Jesus is above all. King Jesus is preeminent. King Jesus has no equal. Has no equal. The crowns in the book of Revelation, they indicate or represent His constitutional authority. The diadems in the book of Revelation, they represent His absolute power. The crowns are the symbol of His conquering of sin and death and Satan. The diadems speak of Him having no rival." King David, when he defeated all of his enemies, he took a crown of pure gold with precious stones, and he placed it on his own head. When Ptolemy defeated Antioch, he actually put two crowns on his head, one of Egypt and one of Asia. In 1385, when the Prince of Wales, uh, uh, after victory in the Battle of Kersey he adopted the crown of John the Bohemian. But listen, I'm not going to give you a history lesson. <laughs> when divine King Jesus won the victory on the cross, he was crowned by God the Father himself. Amen. Let Michael, what does that mean when I'm facing all these problems in my life? I want you to listen very carefully. It means that when a misguided soul says to you, Always lead to God, all religions lead to God. What do you say to them? No. What do you say? No. Only King Jesus is the King of all kings. When a misinformed or an ignorant person says to you, Jesus is just a founder of a religion just like the founders of the other religions, what do you say? No. no. My God the Father crown my God the Son to be king of all kings. When some pseudo-intellectual tries to intimidate you and tells you that Jesus was just a merely good man, you say what? No. No. King Jesus is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. When a clueless person, who may stick the word reverend before their name, tells you… That Jesus was merely a good role model for sentimentality of accepting sin, you say, What? No! King Jesus is the only righteous king and he makes his subject to be righteous. And if someone asks you, Why is he the king of the universe? you know what to tell them? Tell them the reason he's the king of the universe because he is superior in his character, he is infinite in his wisdom. He is divine in His nature. He is perfect in His knowledge. He is complete in His power. He is pure in His lineage. He is righteous in His personality. He is just in all of His rulings. And then invite them to come to Him. And if they say to you, why should I do that? Here's what you need to tell them. You need to tell them because He is matchless in His superiority. He is bountiful in His blessings. He is glorious in His splendor. He is impeccable in His reasoning. He is immaculate in His birth. He is matchless in His resurrection. And He is from eternity to eternity, from everlasting to everlasting, He is the Alpha and the Omega. Now, beloved, listen to me. I want to tell you The greatest problem that the Church of Jesus Christ has today, the greatest problem—and I'm talking about the church in general, not a local church—our greatest problem is not the atheists. They actually command my sympathy. They're blind. Our greatest problem is not the agnostics. I weep over their blindness and the doubt. Our greatest problem is not the antagonistic secular society. No, 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 no. They're not the problem of the church. They really are not. Listen to me. Listen to me. The greatest problem today is those who claim to be subject of King Jesus, and yet they have lost their sense of awe and reverence to their king. That is the problem. And, beloved, so many are praying for a revival. There can't be no revival until God's people begin to restore the sense of awe, the awesomeness of our King Jesus. Until we regain that sense of awe and reverence. Today, most churches said, your friend Jesus, take him along the way as your friend. He is that to me. He's that to mischief those who know him. But he's more than just a friend. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's to be bowed to. He's been reverenced. Zechariah said, See, your king comes to you riding on a donkey. Why donkey? Why not white horse like all the other kings? Uh, Because his unquestioned humility became complete. Of course, you know that leaving the splendor of heaven and laying aside the trappings of his splendor and power, not his divinity, he never laid that aside, and coming to earth and having no to lay his head, dying on a cross, a criminal's cross, rising again, that's the ultimate in humility. But in order to fulfill the prophecy of Zechariah, he rides on a donkey. And that is why, you know, when those miserable Pharisees and Sadducees when they heard people saying, Hosanna, 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 blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. These Pharisees and Sadducees, the Sadducees are really, their name is, they are sad, you see. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They are sad, you see. When they came to Jesus, they said, silence them. Silence them. Let them not say that. Jesus said to them, If they were silent, the rocks would cry out. Today, when you think of all the forces, all the forces, I mean, they're countless. They're trying to silence the Christian believers with all the forces that want to silence the name of Jesus from public life, with all the many forces that want to remove the crosses from public eye, the many former Christian schools that are now seeking to muffle the message of Christ, even if they succeed in silencing some of the voices, the rocks will cry out. Today, more than ever, if I have one more day to live, I would make the same plea. More than ever, those who love Jesus, who claim to love Jesus, those who say, Jesus is my king, they need to lovingly, listen, lovingly refuse to be silent. If you want to be effective, you have to first crown him Lord of your heart and Lord of your life. He has to be the king of your home, the king of your business, and the king of your marriage, today you can do just that. He's inviting you, and it's up to you if you want to respond. Will you pray with me, please? Whether you have known of Jesus, or you have known Jesus in a nodding acquaintance way, or have even claimed to know him for all these years, today... You can say to him, Lord Jesus, King Jesus, I accept your invitation. Come, reign and rule over my life, over my family, over my business, over my marriage. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen.